It's radio theater for your soul. It's radio theater for your soul. With storytellers gather around the mic. Come on, let's go. Live readings, traditional, contemporary, original, scripted plays, film, and poetry. With storytellers gather around the mic to be with your host, Miss Shanice C.L. Coleman, a.k.a. Courageous Love. Always just it's a cut above. For your yeah. Hello, Radio Theater for Your Soul audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to my 2021-2022 winter series. Yay! My name is Shani C.L. Coleman, also known as Courageous Love, and I am your host who will be gathering with the storytellers around the mic weekly. Storytelling is a gift. It is meant to be shared, and our mission is to continue to provide a global stage for storytellers of all genres of storytelling. This is the time where storytellers get to share their gift. And you, the listening audience, you are invited to join the gathering anytime at your convenience. So please stay tuned for a new story and a new storyteller weekly and seasonally. But before we get started, I thank God, my family, friends, and ancestors for their ongoing support. For those of you listening for the first time ever, Radio Theater for Your Soul has been the gathering place around the mic for storytellers since the beginning of 2016. Now, I took a hiatus in 2018, which led me to fully understand and embrace the benefits and healing properties of storytelling, which prior to creating this radio show, I may have taken for granted. Oh, but the storytellers, the listeners, you would not let me forget how important hearing someone's story really made the difference in your day, your week, your life. So in 2019, I pulled together thoughtful archival footage, photos, testimonials, and narration to reveal the making of this internet radio show in the form of a film. 
a documentary, something more visual, celebrating the fascinating minds and hearts of over 100 featured storytellers, or as one of my friends in New York would say, AJ Muhammad would say, story healers. Yes, I love it. The feature-length documentary is titled Radio Theater for Your Soul, a docu-story. Now, it has been making the rounds on the film festival circuit, including the Harlem International Film Festival, the Bedford International Film Fest, Tylerman Film Festival, and the Marina Del Rey Film Festival, where I was honored with a recognition of Best Director of a Feature-Length Documentary. So grateful for that. But prayerfully, more screenings to come to a location near you. And you will see what the spirit of storytelling on this show is all about. Please check out all of our past shows on podcasts anytime by visiting radiogathering.wixsite.com slash radiogathering. We're also in the archives on acceleratedradio.net and via the Accelerated Radio Network on iHeart, iTunes, TuneIn, and Spreaker. Now, if you're on social media, please follow us at Radio Gathering on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the most recent updates. Finally, I am grateful to have this global stage as a gathering place to share my love of storytelling. Your support is appreciated. This is Radio Theater for Your Soul. I am Courageous Love, and you are listening to our 2021-2022 Winter Series. Even from the subways of New York City, you're listening to Radio Theater for Your Soul. So, does anyone want to know what Radio Theater for Your Soul is really all about? Yes! Yes. Yes. What is Radio Theater Soul? You want to know what it's about? Oh, yes. Yes. Tell me. All right. All right. Well, I'll tell you in a nutshell. It is all about storytelling and storytellers featuring unique voices, the written and or unwritten words during this one-hour broadcast. You're listening to Radio Theater for Your Soul where storytellers gather around the mic. We believe that a natural and organic beverage for health-conscious people who want to restore and maintain the body's essential balance is available with our tasty and refreshing Kombucha EXL. Kombucha EXL is a wholesome drink that has been brewing since 2005, boasting 100% natural ingredients that will support your overall health. Kombucha EXL is only 10 calories per serving, far better than a soft drink. It's a delicious path to healthy. Order yours today at kombuchaexl.com. That's K-O-M-B-U-C-H-A-E-X-L.com. Today, it is an honor to welcome back to the Storyteller Gathering after several years, Marshall Tease, a.k.a. M.T.'s. 
MTs was born and raised in Los Angeles, California before relocating to the San Fernando Valley. She grew up in a home where music and poetry was very influential. Her first introduction to poetry was through her mother, who is an amazing poet in her own right. As a child, she loved the way her mother would interpret the readings of poets like Paul Lawrence Dunbar. MTs has performed at spoken word venues all over Los Angeles County. She credits her father with helping her to find her poetic voice. He challenged her to actually put the words on paper into an oratorical landscape. In addition to writing and performing her original works of poetry, MTs also enjoys acting. In 2001, she was in the stage play Rachel's Blues. And in 2013, she starred in the stage play Children of the Night. She has also had many of her poems published in Kaiser Permanente's Denver, Colorado member directory and newspaper to bring awareness to the healthcare disparities in the African-American community. She has used her musical talents as a singer, singing background for reggae rock bands like the Dirty Deuces. MTs is quoted for saying, poetry is my life and my life is poetry. Yes, gathering hold of the mic to share her poetic life, her voice, her story is featured storyteller MTs. Before I begin, I would like to take this time to say thank you to Radio Theater for Your Soul and the lovely and talented Shawnee Coleman for giving me this opportunity. I am Morshell, better known as emphatically M.T. And before I begin actually telling the story, I'm going to share with you one of my signature pieces and openings when I perform. This piece is entitled, I Am Woman. And this piece was actually inspired by one of my favorite, and I'm sure a lot of other people's favorite poet, Maya Angelou, when she wrote the famous piece, Phenomenal Woman. I was inspired by that piece. But I also wanted to tell my story in the woman that I had grown to be and how I believe that we as women have so much strength and sometimes we're not given credit for being God's latest and his greatest creation. I'm going to do my thing, do my thing, do my thing. I'm going to do my thing, do my thing, do my thing. I hope that you will stay with me for a little. Some of these words I'm going to say may sound soft as a pillow. I'm going to do my thing, do my thing, 
to my thing. I'm gonna do my thing. I am bold and I am fierce. I am intelligent. I am the embodiment of God's unfailing grace. Who am I? I am woman. I maintain my strength even when it feels as if the world is about to tumble on top of me. I stand like a tree that has been planted by the water. I shall not be moved. Who am I? I am woman. I am God's latest and his greatest creation, built to withstand the many storms of life. I am regal like a fox, assured in my hunt, courageous in spirit, and never ever giving in to self-doubt. So who? Who am I? I am woman. I persevere despite the obstacles life brings my way. I am an independent thinker, thoughtful of others, possessing the ability to be selfless. So who? Who am I? I am woman. I am audacious yet delicate like a flower, mother to the motherless friend of the friendless. I am the vessel that brings forth life. My soil, well now you see, you see my soil it has been enriched and blessed by the Most High. So who, who am I? I am woman. I am compassionate. I am worthy of love because I give love, I teach love and Mm, you know what, I even breathe love, so what, what am I? I am woman, I am powerful, I am humble, I am noble, and I am unique. I am willing to give my all for the betterment of mankind. God has granted me the serenity to accept all things in grace. Oh yes, grace, to maintain humility and honesty. So what, what am I? I am woman. Fearless, daring, caring, always sharing the goodness of life. I can carry the weight of the world on my shoulder. I am a bringer of inspiration and hope. My value will not, you see, my value, it cannot and it will not ever, ever be measured monetarily. Determination, oh yes, you see, determination, that is my fuel and my light. Oh, my light, it will illuminate across the midnight skies for all to behold. For you see, you see, I am God's latest and his greatest creation that was built to withstand the many storms, hills, and valleys in this journey that we call life. And like a tree that has been planted by the waters, I shall not ever, ever be moved. And you, oh, yes, you, you see, you ask again, who am I? And I simply reply that I am woman. That piece was written because I had something in my heart and in my soul that needed to, that needed to be said. Not only for me, but for women. Because we truly are God's latest and his greatest creation. We've been built to withstand so many storms in life. And yes, we do carry the weight of the world on our shoulders at times. But even though I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders and all of those things that were happening in my 
world at that time that piece was written, I knew that I was resilient. I knew that God created me with purpose. And not only did I know it, but I began to believe it. And once we begin to believe in ourselves and believe in our abilities to accomplish things, then nothing can stop us. I was born and raised in California. I learned to love music and poetry and everything thanks to my mother because that's what we did in our house. We would sing and we would laugh together and I remember just watching my mother and she would write her songs, she would sing her songs, she would teach us her songs and we would sing her songs together at home and in church and she would write poetry. And at the time, I really didn't understand a lot of that stuff because I was only about five or six years old, seven years old. But I did enjoy the singing. I did enjoy the singing. She would also recite poems to us that were written by, like, Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Seen my lady home last night. Jump back, honey, jump back. Held a hand and squeezed the tide. Jump back, honey, jump back. I remember when she would read that, we would just crack up because she would just recite it with that southern twang that you knew he was using when that piece was written. And I remember loving that. I remember also knowing at a young age that there was something inside of me, a fire inside of me that said I wanted to be, I wanted to be on stage. I didn't exactly really know how, but I wanted to be able to share and share what God had put inside of me with the world, with other people, whether it was a small group or a or large group. I just wanted to share it. I remember being a kid and, you know, dressing up in my mother's clothes and putting props together, and I'd stand in the mirror for hours and, you know, and and act out little storylines and, and carry on and sing to myself and of course my siblings, my sister and my brother, they would laugh at me and they would tease me and sometimes I would cry but then sometimes I would just go ahead and not even care what they were thinking because I knew there was nothing wrong with me. I knew that I was just entertaining myself and being creative but I didn't know that's what it was but that's what I was doing, being inter entertaining and creative. So, you know, that was just the beginning. <laughs> Another part of that beginning was when in the fifth grade, myself and some other classmates, we decided that we were going to write a play and we were going to perform a play. And uh, we had the full support of our teacher and the full support of our principal. And so we were able to perform this play in the multi-purpose room. And I had a key leading role as Countess Dracula. And I remember just how I ran across the stage and we, had, you know, all the other kids in the audience were laughing and, and how they were cheering us on. And when at the end of the play, we got, they clapped for us, they stood up for us. We were so happy. We were so happy. And I knew then that, man, this is where I wanted to be. That's where I wanted to be. 
but life did, got a little deterred, a lot of ups and downs, different things happening, moving out of a comfort and safe place, not by choice but by circumstances, personal letdowns, hurts, pain, sorrow. But through all of that, I persevered because I am woman. I am bold and I am fierce. And I just knew that I had to keep on trying, keep on going. Because even though the dream had been deferred for a minute, for a minute, I knew that it was still possible and I knew that I could still achieve it. And that's exactly what I set out to do. It wasn't easy, it was hard. It was hard at times. But I remember my dad, just like my mother instilled, you know, the love of God, church, and singing, and art, and poetry with me. My dad instilled in me a strong work ethic and the, the lesson of, of constantly being told that can't, never could, do nothing, tell me one thing can't can do. And just constantly drilling that, drilling that, drilling that. And he was right, can't, never could, do nothing. And so with as far as my poetry writing journey is concerned, I actually really started writing poetry, oh wow, almost 30 years ago in 1993. And at that time, again, it was just a way that to express. And I look back on it now, and I'm like, oh my God, some of that stuff was like bubblegum poetry. But at the time, it wasn't bubblegum poetry to me. It was something I was expressing myself. And some of those pieces, actually, I've, over the years, I would go back and edit them and recreate them and make them into what I knew they could be. And it worked. So, again, like I said, the first time I was ever on stage, well, I guess I should correct myself because that wasn't the first time I'd ever performed. I performed as a young girl. I remember I was probably about seven or eight years old, and I got to sing a solo in church. And, boy, when you got to sing a solo in church, that was something big. And not only did I get to sing the solo in church, but I sang my favorite song, Going Up Yonder. And when I sang the song, I was so excited, so happy, because people in the church were just receptive. And again, like I said, that's when I knew I, that was something I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to be able to do it. That was something I wanted to do. And again, sometimes dreams do get deterred, or there may be a few detours in your life. But, you know, eventually you find your way. You're no longer lost going on a loop, you start going straight again, and you can see clearly. So, again, like I said, 1993, I was writing poetry, and again, like I said, it seemed like it was bubblegum, but I started writing then, a lot of it was like, you know, especially when I first met my husband, I was always writing him poems and singing to him and everything, but I was always never, it was fear, and it was like self-doubt about whether or not I could get on a stage and I could actually perform my poetry. And um, I remember the first, the actual first time that I went and performed, I it kind of felt like I bombed. And so I, I kind of got scared and didn't want to do it again. But time went on, and uh, it was my dad that challenged me, actually. He told me to come down to uh, this venue that he knew of, someone that he work with it told him about and it was called pop people of poetry 
and uh, the the host of that show was actually a really cool poet that's done a lot of good work, and he goes by the name of Poetry. So the first time I got up there at Pop, I was nervous, but I was ready this time. I was ready. And when I got the reception that I got, I was so happy. It was like a like a high, and it was like a high that I wanted to feel again. And I kept going back, and I kept writing, and I kept going back, and I kept writing, and I kept meeting people and, 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 and finding other styles, other ways that other poets convey poetry and how it just felt like I was just in a world of excitement and my own world that I actually belonged and I started receiving recognition and I started being able to perform a lot more, performing at spoken funk, performing with um, my ch- with different church events, performing and writing poetry for different job events, and especially since I worked in the area of healthcare, I was able to write a lot of stuff uh, for the disparities in the African American community. I remember I wrote a lot of pieces for the Aurora, Colorado uh, Kappa chapter, which was Kaiser Permanente African American Professional Association. And I would write poems for them, and it would be uh, written and published in their local magazine, newspapers for uh, their, their particular chapter, or if they were doing an event, they would use that to help bring awareness. And that was like a highlight and a proud moment in my life. And because of all my hard work and, and determination, despite sometimes being told no or being filled with doubt and told things weren't going to work, despite all that, I was able to get uh, recognized as being um, like employee of the month or receiving recognition for all my dedication and my work to my community. And that meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me, again, because I never would have thought in a million years this young girl that had just had at times the rug snatched from up under her. I never thought in a million years that I would be able to accomplish some of those things. Not alone, I had a good team. I had a good team, but I have vision. And that vision and that drive came again from my father instilling such a strong ethic in us of, again, can't, never could, do nothing, and you can and, and you can do whatever you set your mind to do. And I just, you know, at times it would just so irritate me when he would say it, but as I got older, I realized my father was a very wise man. And today I find myself saying those same things, telling my siblings or my especially my younger siblings and my nieces and nephews that can't never could do nothing so it stuck with me and it was for a good reason so again like I said for my father challenging me I just began to write and to perform and I loved it I loved it and it loved me back it loved me back even though when there were times when I would go to different venues and it wasn't the reception that I wanted or or I felt that I was deserving of, let me say that, or the crowd or whatever it wasn't always the crowd that you expect or that you hope is there. But you keep going, you keep pushing, you keep persevering because sometimes in those 
those moments, you know, you may not impact the crowd. You may only impact one or two people. And when you've done that, you've accomplished so much more than you ever thought you could. Because sometimes it may just be that one person or those two people that really need to hear your words versus you wondering about what the crowd is going to say. Yeah, it's nice to have a crowd and it's often needed because, yes, you can reach more people. But sometimes we shouldn't get caught up in that. We should just get caught up in the love of our artistic talent, the love in the body of our work. And that within itself should be satisfying enough. But be that as it may, you know, life is life. And we're human. We're all human. So like I said, I continue to write and I continue to use my writing as a way to express the way I was feeling about certain political things. You know, like when there, I felt that there was something that politically was just not right, you know, it didn't sit well with me, of course, I would write a piece about it. I would talk about it. I would say, you know, this needs to be heard. This needs to be said. And I need to let the people know that, you know, this is not the plan. This is not the way, you know, we are supposed to be living in a country that has everything. So I would find myself writing so that I could, you know, basically get that message out. And with the gifts and the talents that I believe and I know God gave me, I don't all I don't want to use those gifts and talents for my good only. I want to use those gifts and talents for God's gift, God's good, for God's good. And the reason why I say for God's good is because, you know, my, I remember my mother used to tell us that people are waiting for God to come back with a raiment and all this glory, and in all actuality. If God, if we are to worship God in spirit, spirit and truth, and God lives with us in spirit and truth, that means that God comes to us in spirit and in truth. And in spirit, that means that God has the ability to speak to you through someone else. And if you're smart enough, you'll recognize that it is God. So, again, like I said, my my desire for my poetry was a whole metaphysical thing. It was... It was for me, it was during some of my darkest times, my darkest hours, some of my best pieces were written. And they were written as a way to express what I was feeling when I couldn't get it out verbally. But I did get it out with the writing, which eventually turned into verbal, turned into action, turned into healing, turned into creating a different reaction and a different journey the way I wanted my life to be. Another thing that, you know, you deal with or I dealt with growing up, you know, is talking white, you know, so people say, but I, I never understood what talking white was like because my mother, she insisted on the proper vernacular. So <laughs> I just thank God that she had the sense enough to know that we needed to speak clearly and concisely to be understood, to be respected. And that's what she insisted upon, you know. So, again, I have no regrets about, you know, uh, the fact that I didn't speak with a lot of slang or anything like that. I spoke the way she taught me to speak. So, again, like I said, there were times when I would find myself wanting to, um, 
get across something that was, you know, political or whatever. And in doing that, sometimes I would just be in such a melancholy, melancholy mood. And I was also in a really bad melancholy mood when I lost a dear friend of mine. But again, it's during those times of sadness that a lot of the times my best poetry would come out or my best songs would come out. And when I was feeling all that melancholy, I didn't know where it was coming from. But I kept having this tune go around in my head. <laughs> and I said, what is that? And I just kept saying, melancholy blues. And it kept coming, it kept coming, and it said, went something like this. Melancholy blues, melancholy hues. Why am I in this melancholy mood? Lately, 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 I haven't seen all my hopes and dreams fade away before me. All the way me seem, how can I explain it in this melancholy way? Yeah, and that just, that bluesy tone. See, because when I remember the first time I ever saw the movie, it would be Lady Sings the Blues. I was like, man, I wish I could be like Billie Holiday. I wish I could be like her when the, when the first time I heard, you know, uh, Natalie Cole, and all the other greats. Even my mother, we would sit with her, and she would play Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, the Supremes, the Marvelettes, the Four Tops, the Temptations. And my daddy would play the Dramatics. He would play, you know, the Spinners and all that stuff. And it was just great music at that time, New Birth. I mean, it was just like great music and great exposure, and it helped to mold my my singing my my the my love for gospel old gospel music and jazz and blues music and it just was infused in the way I would bring across my my singing message you know it was just it was just something that was there and it is because I walk on the the shoulders of these great people that were introduced to me in my life and that I researched and I rediscovered in my life the Paul Dunbar, James Baldwin, Langston Hughes, Maya Angelou, Nikki Giovanni, you know, just, just rediscovering them and realizing the first time I read The Fire Next Time that it dawned on me that that fire next time is still going on in our time. We're still dealing with a lot of hate and a lot of animosity and ignorance and, and just just stuff that makes no sense for human beings to deal with. So, you know, I um, I would write again, like I said, I would write political pieces. And, you know, they would really basically speak to how I was feeling when it came to what the world was going through. And, um, you know, in closing, I would, I, I, I wrote this piece. And... It's called Hypocritical Democracy. I won't be long with it. In fact, I'll just give you a snippet of it. Our democracy is filled with hypocrisy. The many inconsistencies have led to inefficiencies in our political landscape. The land of the free and home of the brave seems to be going back to a time of darker days. Incarceration rates continue to increase. Will, will we ever see a cease 
and assist, or we will continue to be plagued with violence and protests. Fighting, rioting, complete social and civil unrest. Our democracy is full of hypocrisy. Lying, cheating, stealing, and killing has always been the law of the land. Why won't the people band together and understand? Why don't the people band together and understand that the only way to fight the hypocritical democracy is put on our eyeglasses so we can see? When you think of Jesus Christ healing the blind and making the lame to be able to walk and the deaf to be able to hear, sometimes those are metaphors for people not walking straight, not hearing right, and definitely not seeing the truth. So I choose not to be blind, to be dumb or deaf, and to not be able to walk. So I would like to be able to continue to use the gifts and the talents that God has given me, not for my good, but for God's good, and hopefully emphatically MTs will make her mark and she will be remembered for a person who is full of passion, love, honesty, and integrity. I am emphatically MTs. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. We believe that a natural and organic beverage for health-conscious people who want to restore and maintain the body's essential balance is available with our tasty and refreshing Kombucha EXL. Kombucha EXL is a wholesome drink that has been brewing since 2005, boasting 100% natural ingredients that will support your overall health. Kombucha EXL is only 10 calories per serving, far better than a soft drink. It's a delicious path to healthy. Order yours today at kombuchaexl.com. That's K-O-M-B-U-C-H-A-E-X-L.com. You're listening to Radio Theater for Your Soul, where storytellers gather around the mic. Welcome back to Radio Theater for Your Soul, where storytellers gather around the mic. I'm your host, Shanice C.L. Coleman, also known as Courageous Love. And you just heard featured storyteller, creative spirit, poet, singer, Morshell Tease, a.k.a. M.T.'s. Thank you again for being here, sis. Please tell our listeners how or where they can hear you, see you, or contact you. Well, thank you, first and foremost, for allowing me this opportunity to be able to share my story. I can be found on Instagram at mt66.gmail.com. I can also be found on uh, Facebook, um, and that's the same moniker, MTs. Uh, on Facebook, or you can find me under Morshell Thompson Tees on Facebook. You can follow me there. So um, hopefully quite soon, I'm still working on it. I'm always a work in progress. I will have a, a website up. So give me some, you know, I just ask to, for God to continue to guide me, but it will be there sooner than I know it. 
That's right. That's right. God continue to guide MTs so she can get her website and people have even more ways to contact her. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Wonderful, wonderful. Listeners, I am live with featured storyteller MTs who just shared an inspiring personal story, some of the parts of her life journey, her vocal instrument of poetry and song, her faith. So now, MTs, is there anything else that you would like to share that you didn't get a chance to during your presentation? Um, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about that after I did the presentation and um, pretty much for the most part, uh, it covers everything. And like I was saying, one thing in particular is that when growing up, my mother would, you know, write a lot of poetry. She would write songs and we would sing the songs together and everything. And um, we went to a very small storefront front church that my uh, uncle was the, the minister, the pastor of the church, and we didn't have a choir, so we had a trio, <laughs> and that oh. included myself, my sister, my mother, and my uncle sometimes, he would, you know, sing along with us, and the funny part about it is that you had my mother and her two elementary school daughters, you know, singing with her, but hey, you know what? It worked, and I'm glad that I was able to share those and have those positive memories with my mother and my sister, so you know, that's something that, yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. wonderful. So after listening to your story, I'm even more curious to know what you're doing now or what you have plans to do in order to nurture your singing voice, your poetic voice. But, 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 But before you answer that, you also mentioned how you encourage your younger siblings and nieces and nephews to go after their dreams, so to speak. And why do you before you answer the first part of the question, why do you think it's important to be an encourager? Or why do you think that anyone would need to be encouraged to do anything great or better than what they may be at their current state or way of being? Well, I honestly believe in it takes a village. And I'm part of that village. And as my life has begun to progress and I begin to age and to mature, I'm taking a different position and my fam- with my family, with my younger sibling, my nieces, my nephews, my great nieces and nephews. And I want to be a shining example of basically going for your dreams, not letting anything deter you. And at times, there were some things that I was not able to, to you know, do. I wasn't able to follow by circumstance, sometimes by choice, but a lot of them in my youth was by circumstance. And I don't want them to have that same experience. I want them to know that they have the full support that they need to go out and reach and achieve their dreams. And that anything is possible, especially when you believe when there's beyond reason to believe. And it's so important to me, especially, not only for my family, the younger people in my family, but just the people in my community as a whole, to, you know, to be a role model, to mentor, to help, you know, nourish and encourage and groom the next generation. Because, you know, I'm looking at the fact that if we don't reach back and teach them and help them grow and to become successful people, not only will they suffer and be lost, but we too suffer and will be lost because those are our future leaders. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And 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 society suffers if we don't help the children and the ones who are younger than us and anyone who needs mm-hmm. encouragement. Oh, yeah, I, I agree right. with you. 
I appreciate that. And so we'll circle back now to the to the other question. I'm curious to know, you know, what are you doing now to nurture your your poetic voice and your singing voice? Well, you know what? Um, it's a constant in my life. So I'm constantly singing. You know, in fact, recently, um, I have not actually performed live in a few years. And it hasn't been because I haven't wanted to. It's just that my life had went into a different direction for a little bit of time. And recently, I was able to write a signature piece for uh, my husband's aunt, my aunt as well, through marriage. She turned 80. And, you know, she's a very big educator. And at 80 years old, she still teaches. Even though it's online, she still teaches at 80 years old. And a lot of her classes have to do with diversity and inclusion and things like that. And she, you know, I was kind of teasing around, saying, well, I'll write a poem for her. But then, you know, we were just laughing about it. And then I was going over with my cousin. He says, oh, yeah, you just make sure you come ready with your poem. And I was like, what poem? He says, you know, the poem you're going to write. I said, I was joking. He goes, no, no, no. My mother's, uh, my mother already put you on the program. She wants you on the program. So um, I recently so wrote, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have, and honestly, you know, this woman to me is bigger than life. You know, the story, her, just her journey in her life. You know what I'm saying? Someone that had lived through and fought for civil rights. Someone who's put education at the center of everything. Education, God and family has just always been centered with her since I've been married to my husband. And so to try to write something to express how I felt or what I see of this person, you know, it was a little bit of a challenge, but I love a challenge. And um, so I was able to write that for her and deliver it, you know, in the group of her peers and my family. And, you know, it was just a really, really good feeling because I know what I was doing and what I was saying about her came from the heart. And it, it, it basically just described her to a T. And um, so you know, when I get when I get asked to do things for family events, you know, I, I step up, I do it, you know, because that's just that's who I am. And I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave my words as a legacy to the future generation so they can go back. And if they happen to look at old footage of some of, you know, of a family reunion of a birthday or anything that was publicized that I've written, they can have that as a reference point. And when I'm no longer here, I can still speak to them through my words and my sound bites. So um, as far as what am I doing to encourage that, it's a day-to-day -day journey. And um, my biggest thing that I want to do, especially after the, the holidays and after the first of the year, I've made a promise to myself that I would step back onto the stage and do what I know I do best. And that is to deliver my spoken word and my sound bites with all that God has given me to give to others and that is my promise to myself because I truly miss it. I enjoy the people like yourself that I've made along that journey that encourage me, that continue to let me know that, you know, I do have something to say and the world needs to hear it. And so that's the goal that I'm planting for myself. And that's my future for myself. Like I said, to get that, that website done and then also to start performing a lot more and getting my feet back planted into the uh, poetry and spoken word, spoken word world. 
Yes, yes. And that's beautiful. And I and I know that you are. I wanted the listeners to hear it, but I know that you are nurturing your voice in many ways. And and listeners, just so you know, we had an opportunity, MPs and I, to play around with some vocals a few months ago. And I just enjoyed it much. And I look forward to doing it again because because we have to keep singing and keep keep doing our poetry. That's right. And everything creative and it was it was it was such a pleasure to be able to to share you know our voice together with uh, with our buddy brother jeffrey james uh author writer producer singer artist <laughs> yes, that's his moniker <laughs> yes all of that he has written some great lyrics and and was able and, and i yes. gather again to do that so yes yes continue to nurture your voice as I will too. And we are winding down, sis. But before we close, is there anything you would like to say to anyone, a family, a friend, or anyone you might think that might listen later to the podcast? Well, I want to say thank you. First and foremost, I want to thank God for his love, his mercy, and his guidance through everything that I've been through in my life. And without God, I don't know how I would have made it a lot of things, a lot of challenges. And I also want to thank my parents for giving birth to me <laughs> because without them, there would be no me. Um, I would like to thank my, my brothers, my sisters, my entire family for their support. And mainly and the most important person that I want to thank too is my husband. We've been together mm -hmm. for 28 years and he has been my rock. He has helped me get through a lot of challenges. He stood by my side. He's encouraged me he's critiqued me and you know he's pushed me to be my best self and lastly I would like to thank you continue Aww. to do what you're doing sis continue to be a blessing to other women especially our young black women because we need it more than ever and I love what you do I'm grateful to have been a bit to be a part of it and I will continue to support you in everything that you do and whenever you call me I'll be there Oh, I appreciate that. And and I have to also thank the listeners. I have to thank our sponsors for this winter 2021-22 season. I also have Yay. to thank hey, we are in winter. Can you believe it? We're in the winter of 2021. <laughs> uh, we're no, we're in the we're we're in the sumter. Sumter. <laughs> Not really the winter. For for the purposes yes. of in the winter <laughs> but yes, also yes, yes. yes thank you to anchor by spotify for providing this podcast platform it has been my pleasure to host you sis featured storyteller creative spirit poets mts thank you for sharing your story please let our listeners hear your voice one more time i'm gonna do my thing do my thing do my thing and I might just say while I do my thing, I hope that you will stay with me for a little. Maybe together, me and you, we can even solve a riddle. So I'm going to do my thing, do my thing, do my thing. I'm going to do my thing. Yes! 
Thanks, sis. I'm Shanice C.L. Coleman, also known as Courageous Love. I'll be right back to tell you what's happening next week. Don't move. We believe that a natural and organic beverage for health-conscious people who want to restore and maintain the body's essential balance is available with our tasty and refreshing Kombucha EXL. Kombucha EXL is a wholesome drink that has been brewing since 2005, boasting 100% natural ingredients that will support your overall health. Kombucha EXL is only 10 calories per serving, far better than a soft drink. It's a delicious path to healthy. Order yours today at kombuchaexl.com. That's K-O-M-B-U-C-H-A-E-X-L.com. You're listening to Radio Theater for Your Soul with your host, Shanice C.L. Coleman. Please tune in again next week or anytime for another great story and another great storyteller right here on Radio Theater for Your Soul, where storytellers gather around the mic. And finally, I sign off weekly with a poem or what I call a poetic offering. Undoubtedly in the middle of your life, if blessed to experience that highlight in time, the story or stories you tell yourself will pave a promise of peace or a promise of deterioration. Discern wisely, think on the better, the best of and for yourself, to perhaps, just perhaps, be a blessing to someone else. Tell yourself that story and watch it bloom. That poetic offering is titled Midlife Cruise, an excerpt written by yours truly. This is Radio Theater for Your Soul. My name is Shani C.L. Coleman, also known as Courageous Love. Thank you so much for listening. It's Radio Theater for Your Soul. It's Radio Theater for Your Soul. With storytellers gather around the mic. Come on, let's go. Live readings, traditional, contemporary, original, scripted plays, film, and poetry. The storytellers gather around the mic to be with your host, Miss Shanice C.L. Coleman, a.k.a. Courageous Love, always just a cut above. Yeah. Soul.